0: Can't describe uh, describe how much my heart is full about what I believe God would have us do in the new year And uh, I pray that you'll pray about that 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's turn there tonight if we could 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Just remain seated because we're going to read uh, basically through the entire chapter tonight Not all in one, uh, one go uh, But um, we're going to begin in chapter 2 verse 1 We'll go down to about verse number 5 And then we'll pray And then we'll kind of continue walking through this uh, obviously, uh, tonight was supposed to be something different. As of this morning was supposed to be something different. I think I was talking with Jeff Benham uh, after service this morning. Uh, if people just knew the work that had to go into changing uh, the curriculum for this morning, as far as the messages that we had for both this morning and tonight that dealt with our Vision Sunday, it's kind of like loading the clip on a gun. The clip was all loaded. We were ready to go for this morning and tonight. And you had to go in and unload the clip on Friday, and then get really close to God. It's fast as you could and say, okay, I need to know what you want preached instead of what we've been preparing for the last two months. But I'm always thankful the Lord gives us something, and the Lord always gives us something that we need. And tonight's message, as in this morning, is going to help us usher in our vision Sunday next Sunday. So let's pick up in verse 1, 1 Corinthians 2. The Bible says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ, and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but watch this, but in demonstration of the spirit and power of God. We're going to go back to that here in just a few minutes. Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the, in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. We'll stop there. We'll read some more here in just a minute. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, I thank you tonight for the privilege to be back again. Thank you for allowing us to get here uh, in the inclement weather. Thank you, Father, for those that are, are still healthy with us tonight and not having to deal with the burden of this, uh, uh, this bug that's going around. And I pray that, Lord, you continue to shield us from it. Help us get over it quickly, that we might have a wonderful Sunday together, seeing what you'd have us to do next, uh, next Sunday throughout the rest of this year. I pray tonight. Tonight, help us to preach what you, you've given us and help us to take it, Lord, and apply it to our lives that we might be ready, uh, Lord, to take the vision and run with it, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. As I've mentioned a lot today, uh, looking forward to Vision Sunday next Sunday. And a lot of times I'll have uh, preachers and pastors ask, Hey, what do you do with your Vision Sunday? How do you conduct that? And what's it all about? And basically, Our Vision Sunday is where we really get to explain and present to our people our heart and the direction we believe God would have us uh, to go in. I've appreciated all the work that our staff has put into it and is going to continue to put into it as we unfold it throughout the year. Uh, Next Sunday, in one way, is the easy part. we get to tell you about it, but then we have to take what God has given us and we have to execute it and put it into practice. The goal and the desire behind every pastor when you give out the vision for a new year is that... the the people in our church entirely would, as the phrase goes, catch the vision, okay? That would not just be the vision of the pastor, not just be the vision of the staff and the different ministries of the church, but it would be the vision of every member of Central Baptist Church that we would unite our hearts around a common direction, trying to fulfill the will of God in our church throughout the year. Now, you think about what that term is about catching the vision. A vision is just that. A vision deals with our sight, and how to see what God would have us to do together in the new year. But sadly, a lot of times, we never get it. Okay? We never get it. Uh, This year our theme was renew after a a tough couple of years. Our prayer was that God would renew us and renew all the different things that we looked throughout this past year. Uh, But I'm afraid not everybody caught the vision on being renewed. Now I pray this year is different, that we all would catch the vision about, and I almost told you what it was, but I'm not going to tell you because we've been sitting on that egg long enough. We're going to wait to hatch it in front of everybody. But that everybody would see the vision together and be united in fulfilling it. The problem is vision deals with seeing, okay? Now, I want you to think about this tonight. If you never see it the way God would have you to see it, you're not going to be able to fulfill it the way that God would have you to fulfill it. Uh, Since COVID, my eyes have been not 100%. A lot of wacky things have been going on with my eyes, and that's why I began wearing the glasses a little bit and uh, trying to get through a few things that have caused problems or had lingering problems from COVID. And I have found that now I don't see as good as I used to. Uh, I, I, I get it why some of you people hold things away from you now. Uh, I never understood that until after I had COVID. I could read things right up here and right away, and now I kind of have to get them right about where they need to be. I don't see things as good as I used to see things. Thank God for uh, some glasses that help us out with that. But if you can't see things clearly, how are we going to fulfill them clearly? You've got to be able to see it correctly. Now, it's a lot like a 3D movie. Uh, we go to Disney every so often, and we'll go watch uh, this thing called Mickey's Magic and it's a, a cartoon uh, ride kind of thing they have there where you get to watch uh, Mickey and, and Goofy and Donald, and they're doing all of these things in 3D. And when Miley was a baby, she would sit there, and we'd put her in the chair, and we'd try to put the 3D glasses on her, and she would take them off. And we're try I mean, we look like like horrible parents. We're trying to hold the glasses on her head where that she'll get what it's all about. Because if you've ever been to a three D movie and you're not wearing the glasses, it looks kinda of weird, doesn't it? And then all of a sudden, you put the glasses on and you're like, whoa! And then you start doing what everybody else starts doing. You start reaching out and trying to grab the things that are there. Well, you've got to look through that proper lens to understand what's going on. Now, it's the same way for a vision for a church. In order for us to see the vision clearly, we've got to look through the right lens. Now, what lens is that? It's simple. It's all throughout chapter number two of 1 Corinthians, and it is a spiritual lens, okay? Understanding the vision of Central Baptist Church as we roll things out next Sunday morning, you've got to understand that in order for you to see it clearly, it's not going to be something you see necessarily intellectually, although that's part of it. You are going to have to think in order to do the will of God, okay? Some of you are like, man, I thought it was going to be all spiritual and not intellectual. Mostly, though, you've got to learn to see and to think spiritually that's why you look down in verse number uh, 4 the bible says in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power now what we're going to look at tonight real simply is the spirit of our vision The spirit of our vision. What God's going to give us to do in the new year is nothing less than a spiritual exercise, okay? We may be talented, you may have money, you may have intellect, but ultimately, fulfilling the will of God is about us seeing, responding, and acting in a spiritual manner. And so tonight, we're going to look at the spirit of our vision and see how walking in the spirit is imperative to fulfilling the will of God. In the new year. So we read First Corinthians 1, we read 1 Corinthians 2. Basically, as you read this, Paul is speaking to this church and he's giving them direction. Okay? He's giving them direction in unity, he's giving them directions in morality, he's giving them direction in doctrine. But notice when he gets to chapter number two, he explains to them that in order for them to take what he's given them and for it to be accomplished in their life, they've got to receive it spiritually. Notice he says, I didn't come, verse four, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Look down, if you would, to verse number uh, seven. Uh, the Bible says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So here's God giving Paul what the people need, but in order for the people to receive it, they've got to receive it on a spiritual level. It's like salvation. You can understand how to be saved intellectually, but you will only be saved spiritually. It is a spiritual exercise. So watch closely tonight, if you will. I'm going to give you three things right quick on the spirit of our vision. First of all, verse number four, he says there was not enticing words of man's wisdom. Number one tonight, I want you to notice that a vision has spiritual appeal. A vision must have spiritual appeal. Now, here's what Paul is saying. Paul says if you're going to get the vision of what God wants to do, at Central Baptist Church, and in your heart, and what God's trying to lead you in as far as direction, you've got to receive it spiritually. I've told you before, I have an 86 Ford F-150. It's an ugly truck, but man, it was my first truck, so I'm still kind of attached to it. I'll probably never, never get it fixed, but I still have it over at the camp. Some of you guys have probably seen it, probably shot it playing paintball before. And that truck had one of those dial radios. You know, you turn it, and you got this line that moves. And you turn back this way and you have this line that moves that way. It has the numbers and you're trying to get the right station. And it's like you're trying to crack a safe. You keep turning it. You hear static. And you keep turning it and, you hear it. and then all of a sudden the voice comes in clearly. You know what just happened? You got on the same frequency. Okay? You were out of the frequency. All you hear is... And then when you dialed it in, you begin to hear a faint voice. And the more you dialed it in, the more the voice got clear. Well, this is what Paul is saying. Paul says, I want you to understand the direction that I'm trying to give you. You've got to receive it. It's got to have spiritual appeal. Now, here's what we've got to understand as God's people. God leads through his spirit. God is not leading through our flesh. Okay? Now, here's a a, a drastic mistake churches are making today. We try to appeal to people to do the will of God and carry out the word of God, and yet we try to appeal to them through their flesh. And we wonder why it fails, and we wonder why it doesn't last. Why? God does not speak through the flesh. God speaks through the spirit. Therefore, we must receive it through the spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the Bible says, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So watch this, capital S, the Spirit of God beareth witness with us. What does that mean? Communicates with us, with our spirit, that we are the children of God. That means that's the wavelength that God operates on. Now, here's what happens. Oftentimes, we come to church, and we're not spiritual. We're fleshly. We live in the flesh, and we walk in the flesh. You say, well, I'm saved. How on earth could I walk in the flesh? Well, just walk outside five minutes, and you'll figure that one out quick. It doesn't take long to get in the flesh, especially when somebody makes us mad. By the way, Galatians 5 wouldn't be about walking in the spirit and the flesh if it wasn't possible to do both. You can walk in the spirit, you can walk in the flesh, but not at the same time. So therefore, if we're going to receive the vision of what God wants us to do, receive the direction for the new year, we notice Paul says there's a spiritual appeal to it. It's not through enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power. Now, if you look down to verse number 13, you're going to see this taking place a little bit more clear. The Bible says which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, listen close, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Notice that? Spiritual things with spiritual. You ever heard the phrase on a movie, I'll have my people call your people? Usually that means nobody's calling nobody, okay? That's a nice way to say, leave me alone. Uh, I never want to see you. I'm getting a restraining order against you. I'll let my people call your people, all right? This is the way the Holy Spirit works with us. The Holy Spirit deals with our spirit. The Holy Spirit's not going to direct you through your flesh. Therefore, if we want to be a part of what God's doing in our church in the new year, we've got to walk in the spirit. Why? Because that's the only way we're gonna hear from God you walk up in here walking in the flesh, don't be surprised if you walk out saying, I didn't get anything from that, and it wasn't my fault. Look at verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his what? Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, here's what's sad. I'm going to say the average Christian, I hope not the average Central Baptist Church member, but the average Christian tonight is so in tuned with the flesh, the things of the Spirit are foreign to them, okay? You're tuned in way down on the dial over here into the flesh, and man, you know exactly what the fads are, you know what the catchphrases are, you know what the fashions are, you know what the shows are, you know what the musics are. You're so well in tune with that. When the preacher gets up and preaches the word of God, you're like, that guy's an idiot. What is he talking about? You see, those things are spiritually discerned. Look down to verse 14, you'll see it spelled out. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now look, I have done some idiotic things in my life, okay? So don't think for a second, I can't be an idiot at times. We all can. Amen? We all can. Swallow your pride and admit it. We all can. But oftentimes, the reason we walk out of the church thinking the pastor's the dumb one It's because we're tuned into the flesh so much that if he serves up something spiritual, it's foreign to us. It's like me. I was the adventurous eater in our home, and I I still fairly am. I'm getting my daughter on board a little bit, getting out of that bland diet that she's always had. And uh, so my dad was a meat and potatoes guy. That's what my dad liked. I liked meat and potatoes too, but I wanted to try sushi. I wanted to try sardines I want to try things that I can't pronounce. And I brought some home to my dad one time, and my dad's sitting there looking at it. He's like, what is that? I said, Dad, that's fine dining. You know, I paid $17 for that California roll. I'm bringing you home good stuff. And he's like, no, I don't think that's good stuff. You see, it was foreign to him. Oftentimes, that's what it is for us spiritually. The Holy Spirit comes to us through the word or through the leading of the Spirit of God, and he brings us something, but we're so in tune with the world, we're looking at it, we're thinking to ourselves, I don't think I want any of that. That's foolishness to me. Now, I assure you, as we go throughout 2022, if the Lord tarries his coming, there are times you're going to have opportunities, but you're going to think, I would rather do this than that because that's foolish. When we think the things of God are foolish, it ought to show us we're tuned into the wrong channel. When the things of God start becoming weird and the people of God start to become weird and we start distancing ourselves from them, the reason we are starting distancing ourselves from them is because we've already distanced from them in our heart. You see, our heart, we started tuning into the other channel a long time ago, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your life is going to follow your heart. And if you have your heart tuned in to the things of the world, and you're locked in and lockstep with the world, then yeah, the things of God are going to look weird, and you're going to distance yourself from them. That's why we get out of church. Look, you can only blame the preacher for so long. After a while, you just didn't want what was being served up. Folks, it may not be fancy. Look what he says here, verse 4. He says, I didn't have preaching with enticing words. I looked up the word enticing, and just about every time in Scripture today, you're going to find that enticing often is using a negative connotation. People come to church because, hey, that's what I like. Now, look, I hope you like it here. I do. I I hope you do. But if I have to make you like it, you're only going to be here until you don't like it. But if the Holy Spirit of God is giving you what you need, hey, that's what's going to keep us going as the people of God as a church, not just because I'm here, because I like it. So watch, number one, if we're going to catch the vision for 2022, a vision has a spiritual appeal. Number two, real quickly, I told you I only have three points. We're past the first one. Look down, if you will. Why is this important? Well, the Bible says, uh, let's see, let's pick up in uh, verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now, why is it so important that we be spiritually in tuned and spiritually receptive to what God wants to do? Well, it's important because the Bible says there's things that God has prepared. You see, God doesn't just want you to understand spiritually, he wants you to discover things spiritually. That's number two. The reason we have to have a spiritual vision is because spiritual appeal leads to spiritual discovery. Spiritual appeal leads to spiritual discovery. Can I ask you a question? Would you agree tonight that there's more of God and the things of God that we need to discover in the new year? I think we could agree on that one, huh? We're Baptists, we don't agree on a lot, but we can agree on that one. There's more of God... And there's more of the things of God that we need to discover in the new year. All right, how are we going to find those things? How are we as a church together going to find more of the power of God and the presence of God? How are we going to find more of the blessings of God and the more opportunities of God? Well, the Bible shows us clearly. Look what it says. The Bible says that God's prepared these things for us, but verse 10 tells us how to find them. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit we're only going to find them by his spirit so watch this we walk in the spirit why because that's the only way we're going to see the direction God's trying to give us it's a spiritual appeal look if you're waiting for me to wow you intellectually you're going to be waiting a while If you're waiting for me to wow you with enticing words, you're going to be waiting a while. Folks, listen, what God wants to do is something spiritual. God's not trying to impress us. God wants to lead us and to guide us and to grow us, and he does that through his Spirit. And once we learn to walk in the Spirit, what happens? The Bible says we start finding what God's prepared, but only when the Spirit reveals them to us. Oftentimes, I get to ask a lot of questions. And by the way, I'm thankful for Christians who ask questions. You ought to ask questions. Matter of fact, you ought to ask questions before you go do something that you're not sure about, right? Uh, Don't we read labels on cans before we take medicine and eat food, okay? We ought to do that before we make decisions in life. We ought to ask questions. Hey, I may not have the answer, but I know the book does, and we'll go find it. I have questions asked all the time about, you know, what should I eat? What should I drink? What should I wear? Should I get a tattoo? Should I not get a tattoo? Should I drink alcohol? Should I not drink alcohol? That's like, hey, let's get in the Word of God and find out. What does the Bible say? All right, because my opinion is worthless. It's what the Bible says. Here's what I always say. you ought to go pray about it first. Pray about it and see what the Lord says. What's the Spirit say? You know, our flesh lusteth after a lot of things it doesn't need. If you're not careful, you'll, and here's what they'll say. They'll say I say, have you prayed about it? Oh yeah, and here's what I think. I said, stop. If you prayed about it, it's not about what you think why because we're flesh the bible says we walk in the spirit will not fulfill the lust of the flesh and say well here's what i think stop doesn't count why you're flesh you can't walk in the spirit in the flesh just ask the lord i had a teenager call me one time asked me a really really tough question i said have you prayed about it no i said why he said because i know what he's going to say so at least you're honest Listen, folks, if we're going to find what God wants, it's going to be a spiritual discovery. That's why Galatians 5 says, walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're not going to discover God's spiritual treasures this year if we don't learn to walk in the spirit. Galatians 6, 8, what does the Bible say? For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. For they that sow to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. I don't know about you. I don't want that in the new year. I don't want corruption in our church. I don't want corruption in our families. I don't want corruption in your young people's hearts. No, Uh, that's not what I want. What do we want? We want what the Bible says, that he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. That's what we want, isn't it? But that's only through the Spirit. You see, the vision has a spiritual appeal, and a spiritual appeal leads to a spiritual discovery. You discover all that God's prepared. What does it say? I love this part of verse number nine. But as is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. Oh, I have a good imagination. I really do. I still find animals in the clouds. Some of you ought to try it sometimes. Very relaxing. Sit there, man. I see an elephant up there. We were on the way home from Louisiana the other day. Molly saw an alligator up there in the clouds. Yeah, I see that. I have a good imagination. The Bible says that we cannot humanly, fleshly comprehend all that God's prepared. We can't. Now, now wait a minute. You say, "Well, I have a good imagination." I bet I could come close. No. The Bible says neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them. And I'm looking at 2022, and part of it's scary. But part of it is exciting as we look at 2022, knowing that God's prepared spiritual things for us, but the only way to make a spiritual discovery is by walking in the Spirit. Our church cannot walk in the flesh and think we're going to make spiritual discoveries. It doesn't happen that way. You know, I see churches and no slight toward any of them. They're not my enemy, but we're bringing in all the world's ideas and the world's music and the world's trends. Why? Because we're trying to appeal to people. But a fleshly appeal will not result in spiritual discovery. Never happens. Never happens. Watch it. But wait a minute. The Bible says that things that are spiritually discerned come from the Father. Those things he's prepared, oh, I want those things. Christmas just happened, and uh, man, I I love receiving gifts from my daughter and my wife. They're always so thoughtful, and I could not wait to tear into my gifts because I knew they're going to be good. And we try to one up each other on being thoughtful. I think it's a great race to get into. All right, Uh, you'll pull your marriage apart if you try to be one up. Who can be the most selfish? Trust me, Uh, man. You try to be more thoughtful, and she got me this year. She got me this year. She got me these cuff links. Uh, they had happily happily ever after and our anniversary on them. And man, I just thought to myself, gosh, that was a great gift. Can you imagine the gifts our Father has for us? Can you imagine what He's prepared? You're like, man, I've been looking, I've been saved 40 years. I've been looking for some of that spiritual stuff and I ain't found it. You gotta walk in the Spirit to make discoveries in the Spirit. Isn't that what it says? The Bible says, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. So a spiritual appeal will lead to a spiritual discovery. And finally, look down, if you will, uh, look down to verse 5 again. I want to show you the end of this, what Paul's burden is. Verse 5, all this spiritual talk is about what? He says here that your faith should not stand, in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You see, the end result of vision, you have a spiritual appeal. It's not going to appeal to your flesh. It's only going to appeal to your spirit. You come in here all hyped up on the flesh. Don't be surprised if you walk out thinking, I didn't get nothing out of that. No, it's spiritually discerned. And then once you learn to walk in the spirit and it appeals to your spirit, you make those spiritual discoveries. Now, what's the end of all of that? Paul's desire was that their faith would stand. Look at verse 5 that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. Number three, a spiritual discovery will lead to a spiritual stand. A spiritual discovery will lead to a spiritual stand. You know our church has been here going on 75 years, over 70, somewhere between 70-75 years. I think we're on 72-73. Do you know why this church has stood so long? There were spiritual investments made Over the course of the time before many of us ever got here, that's why it still stands. Central's not here because we appealed to the world in the world's ways. Central's here because we appealed to the Spirit through the Spirit in the Spirit's ways. And the Bible says, when you do that, watch this. Paul says, I didn't speak to you, and my preaching was not enticing words. He says, because I wanted your faiths to stand, therefore he came in demonstration of the spirit and power of God. Folks, our desire should not to be have an awesome 2022, and then it's over, just a flash in the pan. Our desire should be that we leave something spiritual behind for those who are coming behind us, that they'll have something standing, left standing when they get here. What's the Bible say in John chapter 15, verse 16? You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. God's not interested in this fly-by-night fruit, this flash-in-the-pan fruit. God wants something that's going to last and something that's going to remain. Therefore, it must be spiritual fruit. So how does this happen? Well, God gives us a vision of where he wants us to go. It's going to appeal to our spirit. It's not going to entice your flesh. I hope when you leave here next Sunday morning, you're all excited about what God wants to do, but I hope it's a spiritual excitement, not a fleshly excitement. Why? That goes away real quick. It doesn't last. And that spiritual appeal is going to lead to spiritual discoveries. We're going to discover all that God's prepared as long as we're in the spirit because he reveals them, verse 10, through his spirit. And finally, the end of the goal is that our faith would stand. That our faith would stand. Next Sunday, as we have our Vision Sunday, it's all going to be how you see it. It's all going to be how you see it. And if we're looking at things through the lens of the flesh and the lens of the world, you're going to walk out of here like someone who went to a 3D movie without their glasses on. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. You're going to think, well, man, I came back for nothing. (laughs) I made two Sundays in a row for nothing. You see, it's spiritually discerned. I think before we go to Vision Sunday, we need to work on our vision a little bit. You know the church at Laodicea, what did he tell them at the end of his charge to them? To anoint their eyes with eye staff. He said, you have vision problems. You have vision problems. How did you know that? Watch, notice what they thought they were. We are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. We look pretty good. He says, here, why don't you borrow my glasses? He puts on the spiritual glasses, and they see that they're poor, wretched, miserable, blind, naked. They were just destitute. You see, they had vision problems. My prayer is that we catch the vision next week. That's my prayer. That's my burden. And, man, I have to sit on it for another week. It's going to be hard to keep a secret for another week. But I'll tell you this. It's all for naught. The countless hours of work and preparation to get our building ready And to get our curriculum as far as our messages and our opportunities and outreaches this year, all of that is in vain if we try to do it in the flesh. So tonight, by way of invitation, my prayer, not for just those that are here, but the majority of our churches at home tonight, is that we'll let God do a little adjusting on our eyes. How's your vision tonight? Are the things of God appealing or appalling do you get excited about doing the things of God and growing and having fruit? Or are you more excited about what's about to come on television when I let you go? More excited about keeping up with what the world's doing. Folks, if our appeal is more to the world than it is the things of God, we've got some vision problems. Why don't we let God adjust our spiritual eyesight tonight? That way we truly do catch the vision next Sunday morning. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Our heads are.